Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Ronnie Kay here with you to talk a little Broncos and really a state of the Broncos, the topic in this podcast. But of course, before we get to that, I want to talk about our friends at Tap14. Visit them on the web, tap14.com. I want you to spell out 14, tap14.com. You could check out their menu, which features all kinds of fantastic American Alpine fare, locally sourced, rotates seasonally, and of course, Chef uh, Taylor Creedon does a phenomenal job with that. And then you pair it with a fantastic brew, a Colorado beer on tap. There's 70 of them, along with 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Be sure to check them out. Tap 14 downtown at 1920 Blake Street, tap14.com. Have John Mendoza in studio with me, joining me from MileHighSports.com. John, welcome, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. First, let's talk about the state of the Broncos. And and this is a team that 3-9 and nine so far, coming back home against the Jets, the season's over. It's been over for a couple weeks. We're really looking at this season and evaluating not only the players, but the coaching staff. Because while this is a first year for many of these coaching staffs in their position, it's been that bad that we have to evaluate them and and possibly see if they were to return. So let's let's do a little bit of a exercise. I'm going to put you on the spot here. All okay. right. So let's let's uh, think of a pie chart, and with maybe a hundred percent of your uh, of the blame, of course, let's divvy up that blame in in really where it goes for this season only. I'm not talking about prior seasons or last year. Let's do this season between the coaching. John Elway in the front office and getting these players, or maybe is it some on the players? Where do you divvy up the most of your blame? So if we're doing 100%, I think the majority of the pie chart is going to be coaching. And I think anybody sure. w- would say that if you've watched the Broncos this season. I've got them at 60%. That's exactly where I am. So yep. more, more, more than 50% of the blame, I put that 100% on the coaches, 60% of the pie. Um, the next one, and this can go you know, give or take 5%, but I'll put 35, 30 to 35% of the blame on John Elway, sure. general manager, VP of football operations. And then from 10 to 15%, again, give or take, I put that on the players themselves, yeah. specific players. Because the, the players are on the field. They are the product. They're the ones who do have to execute. But then there's this kind of trickle-down effect from players to coaches and then to front office. And let's talk a little bit about Elway really quick and evaluating him because a lot of people have been uh, – putting a lot of harsh criticism on Elway because of the draft picks. You find that very fair. You know, I, I find it fair, but for all the people who are calling for Elway's head and who want him fired no, from that's, that, that's, that's, that's completely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, this is one season that the Broncos, you know, are not going to finish with a winning record since Elway has taken over. So, yes, I, I do partially blame Elway for the debacle of this season, his misevaluation of the offensive line, sure. the quarterback position, but mostly, you know, I fault him for the hiring of head coach Vance yes. Joseph. And I know we'll get to coaching in a minute, but 
The next best co- uh, coach option for the Denver Broncos in the offseason was Kyle Shanahan. And obviously many Broncos fans, many people around the city love the Shanahans. And I thought that would have been a great fit, a great hire. But instead, he goes with you know Vance Joseph, the leader of men, the guy who's going to really bring this team together. And, CEO w- style. Right. You know, sure. Kind of oversee everything, sit in on a few meetings, and really lead the team to the back to the playoffs. And that just hasn't happened this season. Yeah. It's been an absolute disaster. And I think when you look at a coach who was a defensive backs coach, then turned to the Miami Dolphins as a defensive coordinator. Their defense wasn't even great last season. It was, you know, subpar, below average. I believe it was 18th in the league out of 32, yep. And it's, it, they really just weren't impressive. They have a lot of talent on the Dolphins, and he wasn't able to capitalize on that. Why would we expect him to do any different in his first year as a head coach? So I think Elway mishandled that. He kind of uh, maybe was swooned over in an interview process. I'm not sure exactly what went down, but it, I think it was a misevaluation of the head coach. Yeah, and, and you hit it right on the head. You hit the nail on the head is the fact that I think that that was the biggest mistake by Elway is hiring this coaching staff and a lot there's a lot of background that plays into why Kyle Shanahan wasn't the coach here that's for another podcast but certainly could have had him here and and I I know hindsight this is an easy argument to say but this was my take when Vance Joseph was hired oh, was absolutely. the fact that the defense was not broke Okay, it was not broke under Wade Phillips. And you are going to tell me that you draw a line in the sand at a million dollars in bringing back Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips made it very public on Twitter that he wanted to be here. And yet what you did was you sent him off. Joe Woods may end up being a fine defensive coordinator. But why, you know, if you're looking for eggs... Why are you raising the chick to get to the chicken when you could just get the chicken when you already had the chicken? It's a good chicken, too. It's a good chicken. The chicken was great to you. (laughs) So uh, the reason, why fix it if it's not broke? It was not broke, and now it's broke. Wade Phillips is gone. This defense looks not as great. And and while impressive in some spurts, it has not looked the same. And, and a big part of that could go back to the offense as well, too. But we'll talk about it in a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about Vance Joseph. Three and nine. Maybe in over his head. Um, certainly press conferences that do not sound good at all. I mean, you talk no. about back-to-back-to-back press conferences where yesterday he, he mistaked Isaiah McKenzie for D'Angelo Henderson. Uh, and maybe this is a small minor thing, but these are the kind of details that I would think a guy who was hired for his strength in this kind of thing is good at executing post game. Didn't even know that they took the delay a game. Maybe he's just lying to the media. Maybe he's just still coming off the emotions of the game because they do have to get to the podium 10 some minutes after the game. But regardless, again, these are the small details in why Vance Joseph was hired, and it just seems like he just doesn't have a very good grasp of them. I think if you watch Broncos games and you you know every time they go to the sideline cam and they show Vance Joseph, he looks over his head. He looks like he doesn't know what's going on. He's unsure of himself. He's unsure of the situation he's put in. And I think the the two final straws of anybody who could defend this guy and say, you know, he he maybe he comes back next year is again the game against the Miami Dolphins. When you're calling a timeout with three seconds left, yeah. risking injury, the game is long over. The game you're is over. Blown out. You Go know, home. You, you just had the Dolphins attempt that, you know, you know, an onside kick that was kind of unprofessional, and maybe there's some beef there, but the game is over. Go home, pack this one up, and let's get ready for next week. Instead, he calls a timeout. Simeon ends up getting two, sacked. Two timeouts. Two timeouts. You know, I understand. You want to put points on the board, but the game is over. Don't risk your players. Yeah. You know, what if Bowles would have blown out his, his Achilles on that play, or Simeon takes a hard hit and he's suddenly out for the year, and now you've got one healthy quarterback on the roster. 
It's decisions like that. The post-game press conference, he said, I don't even know that you know we had a delay a game penalty on the onside kick attempt. And then yeah, he had to turn to the media again. to ask him. Yeah. Uh, those are the kind of things that people should look at and say, okay, this guy, maybe he's a fine man. Maybe he one day he's going to make a great head coach. But right now, in this second, 2017, he's not prepared for this level of authority on the field. You know, if it'd be one thing if it was a guy who just simply didn't have the talent. You know, um, a Hugh Jackson in Cleveland who just the, the roster is bad. Right. Okay, The roster is bad. This is a roster that won nine games last year. And you can make an argument. They were a couple plays away from while. Yes, maybe seven wins, but also 11, 12 wins. Right. So the, the common denominator between last year and this year is the change in the coaching staff. And the coaching staff has not been good. And so uh, Vance towards is this final four games his per se audition to stay this year or do you think the nail is in the coffin i think the nails in the coffin because the broncos you know at best you're gonna finish seven and nine that's completely under they will not win these four games oh absolutely not not. that's the best you can hope for unlikely and i think that the broncos now realize you know this is the season should have been an improvement it should have been a 10 11 12 win season even you know with the talent that's on this roster it's inexcusable to finish the game below 500. So I think the nail's in the coffin. It's been a complete debacle. And their losses, if they're losing by, if they pull the Los Angeles Chargers and they're losing by three, two, six points, that's one thing. But these losses it's have the been blowouts. huge. It's bad losses. Teams like the Dolphins that come in and you know yeah. blow out the Broncos. The, that's kind of the, 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 the nail in the coffin that's going to keep Vance Joseph from returning next year, in, in my humble opinion. Um, I don't think this is an audition. I think, if anything, this, these last four games can be taken as, you know, where are the Broncos going to draft? Are they going to keep in the top five pick? Or are sure. they going to slip out of the top five? Or, on the flip side, it can be, hey, all the free agents that are out there, the Broncos still have talent. They finished the season on a high note. They finished the season, you know, winning a handful of games. So the, all the quarterbacks hitting the free agent market, you know, all the offensive linemen out there, the Broncos can still come in and compete. And I think that could be the message being sent to the rest of the league. Yeah, I believe it was the Bengals game where I went up to Chris Harris Jr. post game in the locker room and I kind of gave him an eye and he kind of gave me that same eye. It's like, man, I'm just going to tell you the same exact thing that I say every single week is that the fact that these are teams we should be beating. He says that every single time after a loss, these are teams that they should be beating. They should not be losing to the Bengals. They should not be losing to the Giants. You know, AFC teams, the Raiders were down with Carr. You know, these are games that they should be winning. And and it's this it's the fact that Vance Joseph's promoted strength seems to be his biggest weakness is the fact of the leadership. This team does not look like they have a good leader. Uh, at the top right now they look discombobulated they look unprepared and this was supposed to be his strength that's why i go back to it is it's one thing if this roster was just really bad but it was strongly led you know uh, you can make an argument that they actually had fairly good leadership during the josh mcdaniels era he was just a wacky leader he just led in a very different way and in a very poor way but at least there was some structure there it just doesn't seem like there's any of this anymore you know, and and again, this is a team that is talented, very talented on the defensive side. You can make an argument they're a top three defense. On top of the fact that on offense, they have some good pieces. They have a DT. They've got a, a Emmanuel Sanders, an offensive line that was improved. Ron, Larry, uh, Garrett, Bowles, as well as C.J. Anderson too. And I, I just, I, I think the nail is in the coffin here. And 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 I would, it would be very refreshing to fans. I think to hear John Elway 
admit more mistakes towards the end of the year. We kind of heard him at the beginning of this week say, you know, hey, this is embarrassing, you know, and, and we will make this right. You know, so there are going to be a parts of that. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Tap 14. Be sure to check them out at tap14.com. Spell out the website. Let's talk a little bit about the coordinators. Bill Musgrave, offensive coordinator so far filling in for Mike McCoy. How have you liked what Musgrave has tried to change? Have you not liked it? And should he return next year? I have not liked it one bit, mostly because it hasn't changed. All the things that were wrong under Mike McCoy, abandoning the run early, asking Simeon to throw the ball 40, 50 times. I I get it. You're getting blown out sometimes. But, you know, for the most part, even I think the Patriots game was a two-score game, and Simeon's out there slinging it on first, second, and third down. It's just ridiculous. I think Musgrave's a fine coach. He's a proven history in the NFL of being a successful coach. I think him being the quarterback's coach was a great position for him. I don't see him returning as the offensive coordinator. I think, if anything, he should be asked to you know maybe go back to his position before as a quarterback's coach. I do think he brings a lot to the Broncos, especially if the Broncos choose to go with a new coaching staff. Having that familiarity right there, having the veteran there, w- would really help them. Well, and, and this was something tweeted out by Paul Klee uh, post-game after the game because you kind of mentioned how when they were down they got away from the running game and all that stuff well uh, Vance Joseph post game did say when you're down by two scores early in the game it's tough to stay with the running game if you're not doing that it's hard to control the football game and Paul Klee actually responded in a way that was actually quite interesting he went and dug into the game he went and dug into the game and he said Vance Joseph is actually wrong here the score was 0-0 CJ Anderson was at 5 yards per carry and the Broncos consider uh, they uh, uh, proceeded to call pass plays on 8 of the next 10 plays inexcusable so that kind of shows you that no they were not down they were in running situations but yet they still call passes. And I don't they were get running it, the John. ball effectively. Five yards a carry isn't. Those are Pro Bowl, All Pro numbers right yeah. there. And instead, you abandon that. You take the ball out of the hot C.J. Anderson hand. You put it in the I'll call it a cold hand of, of Trevor Simeon and ask him to carry the game. And we know everybody who watched the Broncos game, who covers the Broncos, knows Trevor Simeon is not that quarterback. Yeah, and of course that info again from Paul Klee at uh, the Gazette. So appreciate uh, a little nitpick. He's a good follow on Twitter. Now they could follow you on your new Twitter. Jay Mendoza, MHS. Yes, and fresh and new, where you can get all kinds of stuff that John's been working on. Let's talk about the defensive side. Joe Woods, first year, so far evaluating him. Is this a guy who should return for next year or not so much? I would not be disappointed if he would return next year. I understand the players like him. He was the defensive backs coach uh, for a couple of years here in Denver. And the Broncos, you know... When you see these scores of the Broncos getting blown out, you you simply assume the defense is just letting them pour it on. The Broncos actually have the fourth and fifth best run and pass defense, respectively, in the NFL. So the defense is playing great. I think, and I know we'll get to this later when we talk about the players, but I think the defense is finally tired. They're finally frustrated. They've played at a pro level. It feels level. like the will is broken. Fin- yeah. yeah, and you know, once again, a Vance Joseph thing, the leader of men, supposed to keep the team together, and I think the defense is finally falling apart. You maybe have some players who say, why should I go 100% if we're getting blown out? I risk injury. And those are just typical things that NFL players think about, and... I, I would not be disappointed to see Joe Woods return. I understand the players like him, as I said. And the defense has done relatively well. It's all on the offense at this point. And as long as they can bring back the defense, the, the core, the no-fly zone, the Domitopeco in the middle, that defensive line who is really coming into its own as sure. of recent weeks, I think this can continue to be a special unit next year, but under the right head coach. I would like to see him implement a little bit more 
strategy, uh, design, disguises to try to fool some of these very good quarterbacks that they're going up against. But I do agree with you. I would like to see Joe Woods return at least. I think he has done a fairly good job. If you look directly just at the box score, you see a big blowout and you say, oh my God, the defense allowed 51 points. When in reality, you know, we, we don't look at small things or, or right off the top, you know, as opposed to diving really deep at field position and and where turnovers are happening and that's where the offense is putting the defense in a bad situation when in reality games are kind of you know seven nothing seven three ten seven going into the third quarter and then the offense makes that big turnover you get a doubled up touchdown and then all of a sudden it's a double digit game and it feels like the wheel is broken and then you know it all snowballs from there so I do agree with you in the fact that I, I, I would like to see Joe Wood stay. I, I think he has done a fairly good job. Players like him, we'll see if he can progress. Still miss Wade. Oh, me too. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Brock Olivo. Oh, goodness. Special teams. Should he remain a special teams guy? He shouldn't have been led on the plane coming home from Miami. Okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, look, Brock Olivo is a great soundbite. He certainly is. A lot of passion in that guy. And, and it's interesting, too, because I'm not surprised. I'm kind of stunned why these guys are not playing for a guy like that. Right. Because he he sounds like I want to run through a brick wall when I listen to him at the podium. I'm like, yeah, man, we're going to attack. We're going we're gonna to kill him. He's, we're just going to be great, man. It's like, wow, yeah. I want to I want to hit somebody now. You You've know? never been more excited and for special teams. Special teams has just been an absolute disaster this year. Agreed. So. We'll leave it at that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the players here before we get out of here. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Tap 14. Let's talk about some of them. Uh, let's start on the defensive side. Derek Wolf, Aqib Talib. Are these guys uh, going to stick around? Could they be here? Should we be very worried about the injury that Derek Wolf, who is now shelved for the rest of the year, uh, numbness in his neck? That Ugh. is really scary. Yeah, it, it is. Um, Wolf has played so well. I think he's yeah. one of the most underrated players in Broncos history. I'll even go that far to say it because this guy gives it 100% every single play. You see that in him. Um, the neck injury, it's always so scary, you know, especially with all this new research coming out with NFL players, you know, post-career. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure it's it's a risk. That he, I'm sure he wants to take it, but it just depends on how doctors evaluate him in the offseason, give his neck time to heal. We thought Peyton Manning wasn't going to come back and play quarterback ever again, and yet he came back and had some of the best years of his career sure. after neck surgery. Granted, defensive line is a lot more physical play than the quarterback position, Um it just depends on how doctors evaluate him in the offseason and what kind of treatment he receives, how that neck heals. And I, I really hope that he takes the proper precautions and truly takes care of himself. Uh, Shelby Harris was on with Afternoon Drive, Eric Goodman-Leshapir on Mile High Sports, and, and Shelby talked about, Shelby was asked by the guys, saying, would you be, you know, uh, what kind of injuries would stop you and say, hey, you need to take care of yourself? And Shelby Harris said his back, his neck, and his head. And right. I never really kind of thought about it, but those are your three main injuries that you just need to put football aside and say, I need to take care of myself because this is potentially long-term. Football is done in five years. Football is done in 10 years for these guys, or maybe even a shorter span. Derek Wolf has a family. You know, Derek Wolf is going to live a great life post-football and to affect that because you jump the gun just a hair on what you know, should have been a longer rehab. I just hope he really takes care of himself because this stuff can be very, very scary. I agree. One of my favorite players on the Broncos defense. I hope he heals well. 
Akib Talib is he a Bronco next year? Oh goodness, that that's such a hard one. I've always always been a fan of uh, Talib. I understand the on the field stuff, the off the field stuff, but I think what he brings to the Broncos, he, he just brings fire and passion and intensity, and he's such a, a key member. Swagger. A yeah. Little, yeah, a little bit of swagger. Yeah, a lot know. of swagger. Wide receivers <laughs> don't want to mess with him, and that's something you instill the fear into and he's the opposing still a offense. Premier corner too. He really is. He's continued to play as well. I haven't seen any digression in his play. He, he's done an outstanding job this year when he's been on the field. Um, he obviously suspended from that fight with Michael Crabtree, completely unnecessary. I mean, yes, I understand he was drove into the sidelines, but that's where a veteran player stands up, sure. walks it off. Crabtree gets suspended, and Tlaib, you know, gets back into the game. Yeah. Instead, he bites on it, get, he gets himself suspended for a game. And this is not an excuse because I don't. What he did was was awful, Tlaib. But you kind of take what you get with Tlaib. True. You kind of know that. You know, that's the kind of player Tlaib is. You know, I don't want to put a label on it, but he's gonna kinda he's gonna be in there, you know. He's he's a hard nosed guy. He's not going to take anything from anybody, and he is not afraid to dish it right back, you know. And you kinda like that, you know, because it, it gets guys kind of following that same mindset on the other side too, is that you know what, we're not gonna take anything but success. You know, as our result, and and Talib's been a, a very good ad for the Broncos this year. He's well liked in the locker room. I mean, he was voted a captain yeah. for this uh, for this upcoming season. I believe that's the first time in his career he was voted a captain. And you know, what, what we really pay attention to, especially these last four games, is Bradley Roby. Some have often called him the successor to Akeem Talib. And this past week, I thought he did an outstanding job covering the Dolphins' wide receivers. When you think of the Dolphins, you don't think of them having you know top-notch players on offense. But the the young duo of Jarvis Landry and Kenny Stills, those are two up-and-comers in the NFL. Landry is already you know setting records for receiving yards sure. in his first two years of his career. And Roby did an outstanding job covering all game. I think he finished with three passes defended. He forced the fumble in the you know in the Broncos' own red zone. So. It's going to be interesting to see if the Broncos trust Roby enough to take over for Tlaib should they decide to part ways with him. Up and down year through my eyes, at least for Roby. Um, let's not forget the fact that he was torched in the Cincinnati game. Oh, that was game. brutal. It was a brutal game. So he's a young, inexperienced guy who's only going to learn very much kind of like how Justin Simmons has been inserted into the lineup taking over for a veteran who is well-liked, I do think Tlaib is going to be a casualty. And I think uh, money is going to be a big part of this. You can allocate that, that money you somewhere else. You need to allocate that money to a team that is desperate for offensive work. I mean, this is this is an offensive team that is just so putrid. We're talking about numbers that we're comparing this to the Cleveland Browns. I mean, oh, that's how goodness. bad it is on offense. Right. You know, And I'm sorry to no disrespect to Cleveland, but... Um, all the disrespect to them. They're an awful offense, and that's where Denver is right now, too, and I think you got to take that money, start to put it towards there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that offense, though. Could there be guys on the chopping block? Demarius Thomas, uh, C.J. Anderson. I think D.T. stays. Uh, I think he's been a crucial part to the Broncos. Again, another team captain. He's always played well. I think a lot of people give him unnecessary uh, flack for maybe taking plays off for his drops, but I think he's been one of the more consistent pieces to the Broncos' offense. He's played under a ton of offensive coordinators sure. ever since Manning left. You know, he's played with Sim he's played with the hodgepodge of Simeon, Lynch, and Osweiler, and I think he's continued to put up stellar numbers given the circumstances. He's a great leader on the offense. I think he and Emmanuel Sanders both stay. Maybe the Broncos try to restructure his contract. He hasn't exactly put up all pro numbers like his contract might indicate. But I think he's been too crucial for the offense to lose. Um, 
C.J. Anderson, on the other hand, that guy can go a lot of different ways. The yeah. Broncos really like Devontae Booker. You've seen that in the last few weeks. Booker's playing time has increased. While C.J., we were just talking about it. Sometimes the guy's running hot, and you start throwing the ball. You get, you put Jamal Charles back in the game. You put Devontae Booker in there. And I think the Broncos want Booker to be the running back of the future. Um, I'm not sure if the future involves C.J. Anderson there as well. And, and another thing to circle back to what we were talking about with coaching why D'Angelo Henderson is not getting reps, I just don't understand. I just don't get it. You should be releasing Jamal Charles, giving him an opportunity to be with a contender, and play a guy like D'Angelo Henderson. The season is over. This is an evaluation period. What are you hiding from D'Angelo Henderson for us? And the biggest reason he has said over and over and over again, every single time he's asked about it, we're talking about Vance Joseph, it's a numbers thing. He simply can't see the field because of numbers. I don't get it. And I just no, don't. I, I don't understand. It is more beneficial for you. And quite frankly, Vance Joseph always talks about how he wants to win a game. When have we really seen Jamal Charles help win a game for the Broncos? Not since they started three and one. Absolutely not. Uh, don't you want to see maybe a young guy who could give you a spark? Maybe he looked very good in preseason, and at least you get a peek at what potentially could be the future. So I, I just, it, my mind is so just boggled by what has happened so far this year because this is, I didn't expect them to be a premier team. I had them pegged at seven and nine. They're not even going to get to five wins. I mean, this has just been Sad. awful, awful, awful. So uh, certainly going to be interesting. John, you uh, have a ton of stuff going on writing-wise. What are you writing lately about uh, Denver, uh, about the Broncos right now? So I have a couple different pieces coming out later on in the week, but right now on MileHighSports.com, you can read my most recent pieces about Roby's game against the Dolphins and sure. potentially succeeding uh, Aqib Tlaib, ah, as well as the, uh, we'll call it, flukes of, Dan, of um, Isaiah McKenzie lining up for a punt return, committing his sixth fumble for a safety against the Dolphins and how that has set a new bar of uh, mediocrity in Denver. Oh, mediocrity is a, a nice way to put it. <laughs> it's the nicest I could do in the yeah. heat of the moment. Oh, boy. All right. Well, be sure to write, uh, or you you can uh, read and follow John Mendoza's work, of course, at milehighsports.com. It's milehighsports.com and on your new Twitter. J Mendoza MHS. I yes. love it. Go follow him. He's a he's a pretty decent follow, and he's got uh, good Broncos stuff and inside four games. So, uh, Ronnie K here with you, Ronnie K Radio on Twitter. Of course, if you want to check out previous podcast of the Broncos Blitz podcast. Be sure to do that at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. And we want to thank our friends at tap 14, tap 14. You spell out 14 and go to their website. You will see their fantastic menu. That's got all kinds of great stuff over there. They're uh, American Alpine fair locally sourced and rotate seasonally. I was just down there last week enjoying some of the 70 Colorado beers on tap. Yes, 70 of them on tap. And of course, if you're uh, more of the fine sipper, uh, 100 Colorado distilled spirits as well, too. Uh, love those as well. Very tasty. And of course, you can go there for not only the NFL, but also for college, too. If you want to go check out the college football, hey, those championship games, uh, they were exciting. We now have a playoff. We will see some bowl games. Enjoy those bowl games at Tap 14. Be sure to check them out. 1920 Blake Street and and tap14.com. That's 14 spelled out, tap14.com. John, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it. And like I said, if you want to check out any of the previous podcasts for the Broncos Blitz, be sure to do that at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Milehighsports.com.